to Retail Is, Retail Alliance podcast. Today, we've got here Bobby Wright from The Wright Companies. I'm Carly Ross-Seibert, and my co-host, Joey Morgan, joins us today as well. Hi, welcome, Bobby. Thanks Hello, for being here. Great to be here. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, it's great to have you on board. I know we've, we've dealt with you and had relationships with you for a long time in the last few years, so just, but things have changed. There's a lot of, lots changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially this year, but... Can we go back a bit and just sort of talk about your, you share with us, you know, what your businesses are, what comes sure, under the umbrella sure. of the right companies? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you. It's good to be here with friends. Yeah. And it always makes it easier. It's nice right? to do something in person, finally. Yeah, yeah. I don't see anymore. I want to thank you guys for inviting me. Um, thank God for the opportunity to be here because honestly, when I look back over the last four months, I'm just thankful to still be in business. Uh, I know people yeah. out there listening or actually watching. Uh, there's a lot of hurting folks, so if there's anything I can do through this broadcast to give hope, inspire, uh, encourage, that's my goal today. Yeah, no, I think you're a natural. <laughs> yeah, well said. Yeah, so I met you a, a little while ago, but I know that you have co-working spaces, you have um, a number of different sort of ventures. Can you sort of explain the range of the things that you do? Right, right. Um, so basically, Kylie, I am a serial entrepreneur. A lot of people use that terminology, but I really am. And so it, in my life, I started downtown 20 years ago now. I can't believe it. Time flies when you're having fun. But my goal overall with all my companies has always been about people and companies and building a community. So it's always been about leveraging assets, sharing relationships, even giving some loving criticism. Mm -hmm. So I believe that all the companies that are under my leadership or have been created either individually or collectively by me and the team really is centered around that. So although when I tell you what I do, it may sound like, wow, well, you just kind of shotgun and do a lot of things. They actually do weave a fabric and create a place to cross-pollinate, to cross-share, mm -hmm. and also, again, give hope to those who kind of do what we're doing. So it started out in real estate with the right company, which is a brokerage firm. So I'm a broker, a registered Virginia real estate broker and property management and started buying historic properties because A, I love history and B, I love going to Georgetown or Ybor City or places like that. And I would always see these walking districts mm -hmm. and I'd come back home. Why don't we have it? You know, yeah. yeah, you know, it's kind of like when we didn't have amphitheaters. Why don't we have it? It's always dreaming and the dream led to me acquiring buildings. Um, fortunately, I was able to find a lender, and that was a very difficult lift. No one wanted to buy into the dream, because prior to myself and my team coming down here, really nothing had happened on Granby for since the 50s. Mm -hmm. I mean, hit and miss, a lot of empty buildings, um, a lot of homeless, that kind of thing. So I think the city overall thought the best idea, and I can't fault them for this, would be just tear it down, raise it. And so when we first came in with the idea of uh, restoring, reinvigorating, finding tenants. We didn't have a lot of folks going, that's awesome. It's like, oh, really? What part are you talking about? Downtown Granby? Downtown Granby, what, yeah. What time was this? Uh, early 2000s. Okay. Yeah, so we started, the first building is actually where Percolator is located. That was the first building I put on the contract. And downtown Norfolk Council was awesome. They helped us put together the uh, meetings with the owners. A lot of the owners at that time were immigrants. So even some could still not speak very good English. So it was great to have someone introduce me, lend confidence that I was a good person, you know, those kind of things. 
So it started with real estate. And real estate is kind of, uh, I guess, the thread that ties everything together. And then as you go forward, we were looking for great tenants to anchor our buildings. So with the fitness club, which is called the Gym Downtown, we recognize that a gym, it can be profitable, but overall, it's really a loss leader. Kind of like the grocery store is to the strip center. They don't pay much rent. It's all the little guys that spend all the money on the rent, but the grocery store draws the traffic. So we were looking for something that would get traffic early and keep people late. We were all alone in fitness, health guys, you know, young. I'm like, ah, a gym. <laughs> now I'm realizing how difficult a business that would be. And for those of you who want to own a gym, call me. I might talk you out of it. Anyway, so, you know, we're open early. We're bringing people there. They're working out. They're getting hungry. When you're hungry, what do you want to do? You want to eat. So we go looking for restaurants and other tenants mm -hmm. that then, so you can see the cross-pollination right yeah. there. Yeah. So as we move down the block and we get to Grammy Theater, which is 2005, so we have the right company that's real estate. Mm -hmm. We got the fitness club that's called the Gym Downtown. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the Grammy Theater, which is an entertainment complex. Now, you're probably thinking, why the Grammy Theater? And honestly, that's what I said at first. The reason we acquired the Grammy Theater from Richard Levin, who owned all the historic theaters in, in the area. I think he still has the one over there off of um, by the zoo. But anyway, um, it was that we were acquiring buildings, you know, Baxter's is, those condominiums yeah. there, Southern Eats, condominiums there, uh, Domino's Pizza, condominiums there. So we were developing condominiums and trying to get people back to the city to live. Because mm -hmm. obviously if you're living and you have a vested interest in the community, things are different. Then condominiums were in vogue, not apartments. Today they would be apartments because you couldn't find financing for condos today. So when we were doing that, we started looking around at other buildings and realized that the theater, although architecturally significant, mm -hmm. was either going to be torn down, which my heart doesn't want to see, or it might end up being something that would not contribute to the fabric of acquiring, attracting, and retaining great people that want to live in a vibrant city. Yeah. So we acquired it. And they were like, what do we do? What was it when you acquired it? Was it still like- It had been empty 20 years. Wow, okay. Oh yeah, and oh, half, yeah. a quarter of the ceiling had fallen in, was full of water, did pigeons. It was disgusting. This is all right before I came here in 2008. So oh. I actually don't know a lot of the history wow. of that city or the, the downtown before 2008. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Joey, I can show you pictures. Yeah. Like, and not to creep anybody out, I can still smell it. Oof. You know, you know what I mean? 20 years abandoned, yeah. If you've ever walked into an old, musty, dying, probably moldy, I'm lucky to be alive, right? But there's a smell that you don't forget. And then, so we took all the pictures, and then we went through the historic tax credit um, program, which was helpful. And we invested way too much money in that building. But ultimately, it did what we wanted it to do. It attracted quality people, not only to come downtown to live, mm -hmm. but also just to visit. So as people started new habits of not being in the burbs and coming downtown, and created that habit of, like, we're going to the city. I used to yeah. people say, we're going to the city. And they always said, Norfolk. And I would like to take credit, but I think it was a few of us. I started branding everything downtown. Mm -hmm. So on my business card in 2000, you will see a downtown commercial real estate company. It doesn't say downtown Virginia Beach. It doesn't say downtown Norfolk. Because I felt, and I still do, that the heart of a metro area will be its downtown. It has to be strong. 
So I needed Main Street. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I needed everyone to adopt downtown Norfolk as their downtown. Yeah. Right? So when you're going downtown, you're not leaving Virginia Beach. I'm a beach resident. No, that's silly. There's no city line. Like we all work together, especially with the Navy here, you know, people all over the world. So that is the theater. So we go from real estate, so other real estate, right? Fitness, and then we go to the theater. And then the recession of 08 hits. So just like now, guys, about COVID, everything was rocking and rolling, but there were some signs. And I remember sitting around a boardroom like this, and I had a big team of like young people just loving downtown, being a part of it. We were having so much fun. And some people started speaking, and we had some good mentors. And said, Bobby, we think something bad's coming. You know, young guy, like, oh, nothing bad's coming. But you listen. He said, you need to acquire cash. I'll never forget that. Mm -hmm. So I sat down with my team and said, people are speaking in that some, some downtime is coming. Not recession. Mm -hmm. Downtime, yeah. right? So we did. We tried to, to amass some cash. Well, it was too late. And the recession came, and the pain. Oh, and I'll never forget the pain. The biggest pain for me as an entrepreneur that loves community, loves people, and connectivity mm -hmm. is that my staff was my family. And so when I had to let them go, uh, I can yeah. tell you, there were tears in the room. And it wasn't because, hey, we just got to preserve the cash we had. It was because we were going to survive as some shell of a company or we were going to disappear. Yeah. And there were people just like me disappearing like that all over America and even locally. And so uh, we made prudent steps and it was tough. And I will tell you, because I'm very transparent when it comes to my testimony, we were on the bubble. Yeah. It, it, one breath, one way or the other, and I'm probably not sitting with you today. Close. So again, you know, I thank God that I'm here. I moved my shells around well mm -hmm. enough that I'm sitting in front of you and celebrating that we're still downtown. So that, real quick, that experience help you with COVID? It, like, yes. Yeah. Yes, because I can't believe I sound like my dad. <laughs> I've been through it, right? Yeah. Not the mystery virus, right? I mean, that's different. what it was like last time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, lending and banking, and I could put my head around I'm an accounting degree, so I could wrap my head around like why things went yeah. amok in 08. But when you talk about, you know, America has always fought its battles abroad, we always know who the enemy is. So when you invent, not invent, sorry, sorry, when something like, COVID comes along that people don't know if it's in the air, if it's on Kylie. So it, much uncertainty. Yeah. That is something that I'm not used to. No. Yeah. But just, here we go, guys. We're going through a cycle again. So again, you know, we looked at our assets, our companies. What are we going to say? Now, because you jump-started me into COVID a little bit, I'll tell you, before COVID, we started Percolator. Yes. So Percolator is a co-working community, right? And so... We were probably one of the first true co-working communities here. And so that means, you know, co-working is really a small piece of what we do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you search SEO, co-working, you're going to find us. But what we really do is we collaborate and we share and we leverage off of each other, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter what membership you have at Percolator, be it you have an office where you just have a basic where you come and get your mail. Everyone is the same. And we encourage everyone to come and collaborate and share. So now we do a lot through Zoom, obviously, but we do some face-to-face uh, because -face we have very big spaces. And we've always been what they call D-density. So a lot of co-working companies right now, they're freaking out. Why? Because they're more like a honeycomb. So if you go in some, it's like my office is like this, yeah. and your office is right up against me. 
It's an office, but literally, you're right here. Yeah. Okay. Well, we weren't ever that way. We've always been very gracious with our space and our accommodations because I always feel like, you know, you spend more time at your workplace, so you need to enjoy the people you're with and your surroundings. So when it got to the de-densifying the space, we hardly had to do anything. We moved a couple of desks, did a couple of this, that, yeah. you know, a lot of um, disinfecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as the furniture and the placement and all that, we we're very fortunate. So we were one of the first to do that. We grew rapidly into four different campuses downtown, and then, then the competition came. And I only use that for kidding purposes because I'm very frank and honest about this. When I heard that Gather, well, P.S., I'm a broker. I went to Richmond, told Gather about Norfolk. They were like, no way, not Norfolk. No. Dolly's listening, she knows this is true. <laughs> but I did a good job of telling our story. And one thing I remember saying, I said, how long has it been since you've been to Norfolk? And they said, it was a Friday night. I'll never forget it. 10 years. And I said, you know what? You need to visit. Because let me ask you, what was the reputation of Richmond, where they're based, 10 years ago? Yeah. Do you guys know what the reputation was? The murder capital of the country. Oh, That's how much that. Richmond yeah. has changed. Oh, that's wow. unbelievable. Right. So to, to hold like uh, an idea of what a company's like or a person's like or whatever, it's 10 years old. So that, yeah, that was just enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's enough to get them here. They came here. Now, look, they have a beautiful campus here, one in town center, one in Newport News. It's funny you ask the, uh, anybody in the Navy what they think of Norfolk. And if they've been, if they were like old oh. Navy, it's the worst place to get stationed possibly. Yes. But nowadays, it's starting to be one of the places where people are like, oh, I put my orders in to go to Norfolk. Absolutely. Sort of like this place. It's gone yeah, a lot so better. The old Navy came to this place. With, with those campuses that you started out with and now we get it, I mean, who is your clientele? And do you think that there is still potential to grow? I would say who isn't. Okay. And to that answer, not many people are not. Because I would tell you, no matter if you work for Retail Alliance or anything else, there's still another person inside you. There's still that little kid that dreams. There's still that person that walked in and said, that needs to change. And they are now finding through our community ways to explore that idea, right? So if you take like 3D Extreme, and Blade and Bryce are great story out of Oregon University. And then they came to the campus and they were already well known and this university is celebrating, but that doesn't mean they have every relationship. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time I was talking with someone, I brought them in, they saw the 3D machines, and then we were talking about a challenge. And Blade, he's one of the founders of the company, he said, We're a solution oriented company. We can help you with that. So, you know, our first impression is 3D printers. We're going to print with the glass. Yeah. It's all about solutions, right? So I think, especially with COVID, a lot of people pivoting, a lot of people think, you know, do I want to do this for the rest of my life, right? Do I want to work from home? So it's a really good time. And here's the last thing I'll say about that. If you're sitting around a table with friends or family, and you go, I'm leaving Xerox, and they look at you crazy, and you go, I'm going to be a pizza maker, 99% of the people will not judge you anymore. They're going, you know what? That's what makes you happy. It's the perfect time to do it. It is. You're yeah, right. That's it really a great is. Point. Yeah. So we're expecting growth. Yeah. Now we gotta get beyond. You know, there's some people very fearful, and then there are others aren't. We respect all the way across the board, right? Because fear is real, and it doesn't matter. No one's fear is different from the other. So we are trying to accommodate that. But once we get into say 2021, and people now know like what is going to be. I won't use that term because it's overworked, but we're going to get into what, however life is going to be, right? 
Then they're going to get relaxed again. And a lot of people are relaxing now, leading back to what is it I want to do? So we created something called CEO Roundtable, and we've had a couple meetings. And this is the most fun I've ever had, guys. Yeah. So all it is are leaders or people that have created companies or those who are on the verge of birthing a company. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we look around the table and go, okay, we're more alike than we are different. And that goes with companies, that goes with people, that goes with countries, right? Like you take away the divide, you get rid of, you get rid of the barriers to conversation, the barriers to scaling. Mm -hmm. And we discuss, what tools do you have in your tool belt? that I can share. What relationship do you have that you're comfortable with putting me in touch with? Get away from cold call, let's get to warm calls. Right? Yeah. Those kind of things. With the, the ultimate goal is this, the ultimate goal is not only help individuals and companies, but we have a brilliant idea. Actually, I'm not gonna say it, because I don't wanna give you, right. we're gonna be the first in the country to do, to do this. Yes, it's gonna be really awesome. And I've shared with some people at the university level, and they're like, brilliant, it's the medicine for America, but I'm going to tell you that we as the CEO roundtables and this company and these companies are fluid, mm -hmm. meaning we're inviting more and you don't have to be just percolator. This is not a percolator thing. Again, percolator co-working is about an office and that's how we make our money. Mm -hmm. We got to make money, right? But that's not what we do. Yeah. That is a place that we come together. No different than retail lines, right? So like this isn't retail lines. Yeah. It's your members. It's what yeah. you do and you collaborate. So we're very similar. So anyway, we're looking forward to great growth at Gather, at Novel, at CEO, at 1701, at Percolator. And the more it's like Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's, do you ever see them alone? Never. So the fact that they came to downtown Norfolk first, it lent, it lent credibility to what we were already doing. Mm -hmm. It also validated the market. Because there's always been this Hatfield and McCoys around here between the Peninsula and Southside, yeah. or JV and Orchard, or whatever. Aren't you tired of it? I know I am, and I know they are too. So anyway, when all the co-working came downtown, it said, this is where everyone sees entrepreneurship and growth, collaboration, and community in a big, big way to not only affect downtown, but the entire region. And then, of course, from there, growth means other satellites, right? And so that's where we are today with co-working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Entrepreneurship and growth can happen in any city. Yes. So I think having a hub has yes. helped a lot with with downtown. So how have you felt like, you know, you've had started a number of businesses, some have been successful, some have been through, you know, ups and downs. Mm -hmm. When do you make the decision to sort of try and look for something else? I know you've got these CEO roundtables, but I know that you've got mm -hmm. ideas bubbling in your head all the time. So what would be your latest Except this one that you can't mention. Yeah. What I can't mention is a method. Really, it's a okay. method how we're going to perform. Oh, it's so exciting. In fact, since I shared this, um, I will remember, I will share it with you first. Nice. Or do good, it. good. Because it's just to celebrate, right? It's not about us ringing our bell or look at us. Mm -hmm. It's not that at all. It's just we believe we've come up with a method that's going to be really good for opening doors in our communities okay. and other regions to companies that are being birthed here, or inviting people from outside to come to the 757. You know, we have such a, a, a very unspoken story. Our story is not told well. We do a much better job today than ever. But if you look at other communities, I think they tell their story better, and they actually perform under their story. Whereas I think 
757, we've overperformed, but our story is just getting out. Yeah. And part of it could be our, our identity. Antaroon, 757, Norfolk, you know, we don't know what we want to be when we grow up. Tidewater, right? So when I was going to New York a lot, I never said Hampton Roads. It's the first time I said it, like, oh, you, you're living at the Hamptons, wow. Yeah. No, but I love that. <laughs> you know, the Hamptons yeah. are great, right? <laughs> so my new opportunity is this. So the one thing that I would encourage anybody out there is make sure you connect with anybody and everybody. Do not judge a book by its cover. And what I mean by a book, I mean a person or a relationship or where they are in their life or their past life or their dreams. Never, because everyone like Facebook has its own rooting system. So if I share my idea with Joey, it may not be a big deal to Joey, but if I convey it well, and he's sitting around a table with some sorority uh, girls or fraternity brothers or his old Navy people or whatever, right? And they say something, and they're excited as I am about my idea, he'll probably remember me and say, yeah. you know what? There's a dude in Norfolk I need to connect you with. Mm -hmm. I yep. think you'll like each other. And that's how great things happen. So share your ideas. Uh, do it with passion. You've got to believe in yourself. Like Find your core value. Who are you? Be true to yourself. And then don't be ashamed of it, right? That's something I've had to grow through my years. It's like I'm always like, well, I want them to like me. You know what? I don't care who likes me anymore. The good news is most people do like me. <laughs> but there are some people I'm sure they don't. But it's okay. There's different flavors of ice cream, right? So you do that. So through Percolator, as we try to promote, celebrate, mm -hmm. put on social media, what's going on within our community, I was reconnected to a naval friend who was here in Norfolk, stationed here 15 years ago. He got uh, stationed or deployed, whatever was the proper word, mm -hmm. over to San Diego. We lost touch because social media 15 years ago, and what was it? I'm not sure. Texting? I don't even know what we were doing, right? Yeah, that college ID to get Facebook. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> so anyway, um, so for the first few years when I was gone, we did talk. But for the last 12 years, we've never spoken. Honestly, I'd see him on Facebook. It looks like he's doing pretty good. I'm like, good. But for some reason, I'd satisfied my curiosity. But I shouldn't have called him, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, he birthed this company called Driveway in San Diego. It was birthed because he had his little girl going to St. Patrick's Day. They couldn't find a parking space. She's a little two-year-old. But there's all of these driveways in downtown San Diego empty. He's like, this is crazy. I would pay anything to park there. And Airbnb was birthed in 08. Okay? So that is what, that's, uh, that's 13 years ago, right? So it was about one year old, and he knew about Airbnb. So his idea was Airbnb of his one space. Okay? And that's literally the foundational element of driving. Okay. Okay. So when he was trying to grow, and this is really good, guys. You you thinking about leaving the area, or you think the grass is green? I want you to hear me because I learned a lot on this. So when I spoke to Matt, that's my co-founder partner. He said, Bobby. So we connected. He texts me with yeah. the same numbers, like, ah, oh, yeah, talking now. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> so he said, Listen, man, I birthed this company, and I'm about self-teaching myself software. So he's doing it all right. He said, I'm trying to do these things because. Growing a startup in Southern California is very, very difficult. He said, I lived in Norfolk. I will tell you that everyone there thinks on the East Coast, everything's great on the West Coast. No, it's not. Regulation, this, that, and the other. People think too highly of themselves. People are too busy. They're too expensive. So everything I've been doing, I have to outsource to Ireland, to India, whatever. And I need your help. I was like, great. What do you want? He says, 
Can you connect me with blah, blah, blah? So when he told me what he was doing, I got excited. I yeah. said, oh my God, man, this is phenomenal. Never once did I think he'd invite me to be in his company, right? But this is great. So for 30 days, every day we spoke. I said, hey, what are you doing legally? He said, well, blah, blah, blah. But I really didn't have the money. I put it all in software. I said, no, it's such a good idea. We've got to, we got to figure out a pattern. We've got to do this. i got to find your attorney. So we ended up flying him from San Diego to D.C. to, to meet with a friend of a friend about patents and that kind yeah. of thing, right? So you can see where this is going. So one night he called me and he said, Bobby, I've walked the aisle twice with potential partners and get to the altar and I go, no, I can't do this. This is my baby. You're not my partner. He says, you have proven that you have the same passion for my company and you have already benefited me so much. Would you be my partner in business? As I say, you were sort of a pseudo partner. I was doing it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I do that at Percolator. That is my role as a founder in the community manager. We do that naturally because we love it. It's not because, like, oh, God, that's what we do. That's what I mean. No, we love it. We love what we do. So I said two, two reasons are, or two qualifiers. A, everything has to be growing in the 757. So I can't grow a company in California. I can't relocate. At the time, my dad was sick, so he since passed away. You sick, so I'm not leaving my parents, but I will do it, and I can help you. It's got to be done here. Without blinking, I goes done. What's the other one? I'm like, Ooh, it's too easy. <laughs> yeah. And second one is all software development has to be here in the United States, and preferably in seven by seven. He said done. So we became partners. Okay, here's the crazy thing, and this is where I'm learning, guys, and that's why you come into a, a co-working community, a percolator, or any of them. You really need to be in one of those. It's because when I said I wanted software here. I didn't realize the heavy lift because STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, math, and now they put art in your steam. We still are not focused on it as a country. Mm-hmm. And now I see why it's so important. I couldn't find software developers. Really? The ones I could were too busy and too expensive. Fortunately, through relationships, asking, beating the bushes, whatever, I found I have an amazing team. They're all from here and they're doing all the software right here in Norfolk and they're putting out their feelers to grow. That company. So what did this co-founder Bobby bring to the table other than helping build the company in relationships and things of that nature? I also came up with a social platform that is tied to Dryway. So it's an Airbnb, it's an on-demand parking service mm-hmm. that will then take parking, which is always perceived as inconvenient and um it's a and lack of. Yeah. So that's perception around the world. So we're flipping that on its head through on-demand services. So when I leave Greenbrier, which is like the the backyard of downtown Norfolk, when I leave there, I don't have to leave a half hour early and waste gas and time looking for parking because I don't want to park. I can go on-demand in Greenbrier and buy my space. And we, driveway, we're going to be promoting all the driveway locations. We're also going to be promoting, through social media primarily, points of interest. So when you hover over a lot, let's say retail lines or lot, yeah. you would see like the neon house, you would see Sloan Chiropractor, whatever. And they can come over for free. All they need to do is have a landing page that has a click on where our parking is. So it says, hey, come in the neon house, need a parking space, go to driveway.com. Click. So we're helping each other. Mm-hmm. We're helping them find yeah. you know, places to park, which makes it easy. Because in my opinion, if you go to any of the seven venues, right? Scope, Barbara House, Chrysler Hall, any of those, right? The reason seats are empty isn't because of the lack of people wanting to see that art form. Everyone wants to go to Family Opera. They do. Everyone wants to go to basketball, right? It's primarily the objection on parking, right? 
long day. I don't want flight parking. I don't know where parking is. I go home. No, flight, flight, flight. Oceanfront. Same oh, yeah. thing. I, I Think about it. Beach in the Sound Center. Trying to find a spot. Paddy's Day Parade is in my beach. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason I moved to Ghent, yeah. so I wouldn't have to try yeah. parking, so I can just walk everywhere. Well, you know, I love Ghent. Do you know why I don't go to Ghent? Parking. See, that's why, so I don't have to leave. <laughs> okay, so yeah. we're flipping that on its head, right? Yeah. And here's a really, really big part I think your listeners will love. Okay. We're going to have a feature on our web app. So we're going through a web app, iOS and Android later, web app services everyone, where you can invite your friend. So when you go to the Admiral's hockey game, and you have free tickets, I'm like, yeah, great, give me a ticket, but I don't park. I find my parking space, and I see five of them next door. I can invite you, and you can either buy your own space, or I can buy them for you. So now we're all meeting, we're parking together, yeah. we're walking together. If you have kids, they got the jerseys on, they're celebrating. And when you leave, because this happens to me all the time, where'd you park, where'd you park? Look, let's have a beer, let's have a pizza. No, I'm over there, you know, it's getting dark. But if you're parked together, you go, let's have a pizza. And then you have pizza, and it's five of you, and guess what happens? Kylie goes, this was awesome. Next time, five more people. It grows to 10. So we believe our social platform is going to be the driver of everything. Parking like percolator, co-working is just the nugget, the mm-hmm. core, right? Parking is the core of more community building through making parking convenient. And this is the medicine that Old Dominion needs. This is the medicine that Old Town Portsmouth needs. This is the medicine that Shackle Bottom needs. Everyone needs it. We have 50-some people on our team, and we haven't even launched our first um, parking lot yet. Our first host is going to be Smart Mouth in the Oceanfront. Thank you, Smart Mouth. Chris, you're awesome for believing in us. Thank you for doing that. We're working on some pilots for downtown Norfolk, including the city of Norfolk. Um, we're having great talks with them, city of Virginia Beach. Something in the water is on our radar. We were going to do it this year, but... We want to create the oceanfront, not on the homes with extra space around hotels and stuff, to be a great welcoming map for people who never visited our city. If you think of Virginia Beach, it can sometimes be not so welcoming. Why? Because people aren't engaged. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's a strip. When you involve the community, all of a sudden it's like, yes, please, come drink my coffee, here's my space. So that's my pitch. <laughs> well, you did very well. Yeah, but it's so well into the other things that you do. Yeah. You know, when you're talking about the community. Yeah, really. So, yeah, I think that's great. That's exciting, yeah. Um, we are yeah. going to have to wrap up. Oh, we are? We could yeah. talk for hours